0: IU's coaches had their weekly press conferences on Monday and revealed a lot of insight, some frustration, a lot of quotes to talk about uh, following that performance against Michigan State and heading into yet another top 10 game. We're going to cover all of the notable quotes to, on today's episode.
1: You are locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, Hoosiers? It is Tuesday, August 19th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics News. I'm your host, Jacob Rude. Joining me, as always, is Jared. Jared, bud, how you doing after uh, yet another frustrating outing for the Hoosiers on Saturday?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I I turned it off at uh what was it, nine seven, nine six? Uh <laughs> nine didn't, seven, yeah. Yeah, didn't turn it back on. So I was really excited to discuss this big Hoosiers win where we where we controlled the game and everything went right, right? That's what we're here for.
0: Uh we are gonna discuss that game. There might be some different storylines uh that we will be discussing from that. Uh, as we said, the Tom Allen, Nick Sheridan, and I guess technically Charlton Warren all had their press conferences. There are not quotes from Charlton Warren we're going to discuss on this one. It is all going to be about this offense as we try to continue to figure out what is wrong with it. Before we do that, though, we got to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. Brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Let them know that we sent you. You can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at LockedOnHoosiers. As I said, I was reading these quotes today on Monday as they were coming across my timeline. Just kind of getting more and more annoyed in general. I don't think in the defense of the coaches there was anything they were going to say that wasn't going to make me annoyed for those that didn't see it obviously on Saturday or those that missed yesterday's pod uh the Hoosiers fall to Michigan State on Saturday in yet another I don't even know what adjective you want to use to describe the offense on Saturday dismal disappointing awful performance and that's even saying that knowing that they outgained Michigan State, but they were about as empty uh, yards as you could come by. Uh, they couldn't put up points when they needed to, and ultimately uh, Michigan State escapes with a victory, and one that the Hoosiers absolutely should have won. So on Monday, the, uh, Tom Allen has his weekly uh, press conference, All the Coaches Do. I pulled some quotes from that. We're going to talk about a lot of different things on this. We'll start off with the offensive line, uh, just because that was the first thing I saw come across the timeline. There's a lot of aspects about this offense that we're going to discuss, but the offensive line, Tom Allen said that he's uh, been looking for consistent execution in film, but saw a lot of inconsistency on the offensive line, especially at the end of the game uh, on Saturday He also made mention that they may start looking outside of this starting five to find some answers uh, because this has been a reoccurring theme. Uh, That's certainly something I brought up yesterday, certainly something we talked about on Saturday, Jared. Everything just is derailed when the offensive line doesn't play well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it blows up the entire, you know, the entire structure of the offense. Um, it's been a problem for two seasons now. You know, we've talked about it literally every after every single game this year. Um, the question is, you know, does going outside the starting five really help? I mean, like, I, I understand the need to shake it up. And it it, it sort of feels like a Michael Penick's, uh Jack Tuttle situation where you can bench whoever you want on this offensive line, but there's a reason that these guys are backups and it's because they're not as good. We you know whether they, whether they be not as talented, whether they don't understand the scheme, physical traits, you know, you're losing ground somewhere. There's a starting five for a reason. So if you're dipping into, you know, your backups to try to shake up your line play, I don't think that's going to help. If anything, I would, I, I would shy away from that and and just kind of hope that consistency with the same starting five gets to gel because a lot of the offensive line play, a lot of offensive line play, is communication based. So to then take out a starter, throw someone else in, it it, it shakes up a lot of things and we're a little bit late in the season for major offensive line shakeups. For in my opinion,
0: yeah, I was trying to find exactly who said it. Dustin Deporiac said. Uh, Alan said there's a possibility they'll look to get someone outside of their starting five more reps. But as you said, basically, they're a backup for a reason. Um, I haven't wanted to do kind of an I told you so or we told you so about Jack Tuttle for people that were saying to bench Michael Penix. But as you said, they're backups for a reason. Uh, There's a lot of limitations, especially this late in the year. If they haven't really established themselves as a starter, then it doesn't feel like that's going to be the move to spark things. So I don't know. With the offensive line, you can move guys around to different positions. Maybe you find a tackle that can work at guard or something like that. But at the end of the day, I don't see – I can't imagine there's anybody that's on the bench that's just going to fix this issue because it's also an issue that spans multiple positions. It's not one guy getting – blown by every game. It's multiple guys who are not performing.
1: Tom Allen. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to add one more point. Um, You know, the only, the only time that you really want to read about bringing someone off the bench and putting them in as a starter is if they're lighting it up in practice or they have great off season, not because people are struggling. That's not the, that's not the reason to bring somebody in. The reason to bring somebody in is that they're having really good practices if they're showing up, if they're showing something on film that other guys just are not showing. And like you said, it it goes over multiple positions. So I just had to get that off my chest because that bothered me a lot.
0: No, yeah, you're 100% right. This is not the – that's not the scenario you want to bring somebody in off the bench. Uh, Tom Allen talking about Jack Tuttle, uh, quote, solid performance but not good enough. Says coaches have to do a better job of planning and in-game management for the offense as a whole. I talked about him on Monday's podcast, Jack Tuttle. What did you like, dislike, see from his performance on Saturday?
1: I thought for the most part he was fine. Um, Fine has, you know, as we saw on Saturday, you know, fine can win us a football game. Fine, Fine quarterback play can win us a football game. It's when fine starts to deteriorate that's an issue. Um, week one against Iowa, Michael Penix was fine, except for the turnovers. And those turnovers were essentially a huge difference in that game. Um, Toddle again was fine. He was not, you know, I wouldn't exactly call him a yards per attempt God. Um, that, that's not a way I would describe his game, but he he played pretty well. Obviously the pick six was, was bad. The play that the the worst play to me was that second interception where he throws it into triple coverage off his back foot. Um, you would ex- you would expect that from a backup, but not a backup as experienced as Tuttle um, making that throw with. I don't know whether to call it a force. I mean, there was clearly a receiver in the area that he was intending, but he was triple covered. Even if that ball was somehow thrown accurately. Um, Just, just basic. It's, it's you know the same issues with Tuttle or the same issues with a lot of the offense, which are just basic breakdowns, basic mistakes, not doing the simple things correctly. Um, The quote to me from Tom Allen feels a little bit, a little bit like deflecting blame from his offensive coordinator. Um, And we'll get to we'll get to Nick Sheridan in a minute. Um, But it feels like he's trying to protect his offensive coordinator. Um, I I just, I just, I just didn't like this quote. I, I thought Tuttle was fine, but again, the difference from Penix to Tuttle would not have made a difference in this game. Uh, uh, the way Penix has been playing, you know, maybe we eke out a win there. Um, but he's been turnover prone. I mean, again, I thought Jack Tuttle was fine. It was just a couple of really key crucial errors that, that sunk him and, sunk the team and again we said it coming into this game we weren't going to put up 30 35 points we weren't that wasn't the expectation that wasn't the plan and that wasn't what we were going to need to win um it was just simple mistake free football uh jack didn't provide that um you know we can talk about Ty fry fogel and what what's happened to his hands all day um it, it was just it was fine. And that's, that's really the baseline of what Jack Tuttle is, is your quarterback, bringing him in off the bench. He's just fine.
0: Yeah. I, I have some, a couple things to build off of that before we do that, though, let's talk about price picks. Uh, I hope that if you guys are looking up, uh, some props for this upcoming weekend that you're taking the over or the over, um, uh, Maybe a couple things with Ohio State, but more specifically the under with uh, the Hoosiers. For those that don't know, Price Picks is a leader in college sports, daily fantasy. Uh, they offer more props than anywhere else when it comes to college football. And they have all of the uh, power five schools and players and a lot of mid-majors you probably haven't even heard of. It's really simple. You pick anywhere from two to five uh, props, take the over or under on them. And win up to 10 times your entry. New users who deposit today and use promo code LOCKED ON will receive a 100% instant match. And they're giving you guys free money. They have mixed sports entries, so you can do college football, you can do playoff baseball, NBA season starts this week, any number of options for you guys. Don't hesitate, check out prizepicks.com, use promo code LOCKED ON, or go to the App Store, download the app and use it today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We also mentioned Rock Auto at the top of the show. Whether it's a Ford or Fiat, Rock Auto has you guys covered. There's no need to go to the uh, local auto parts store, wait in line for them to tell you. They have to order the part anyway. Just head to rockauto.com where they're a family-owned and operated business that have been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. Uh, they, You can avoid the markup prices going through Rock Auto. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. And they have everything that you guys could need from tail lamps to motor oil to new carpet. Anything that you guys could want. So head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you couple things that you said there, we highlighted that uh, interception that you were talking about throwing off his back foot into triple coverage. He was pressured on the play in his defense, but as you said, that's not a, that's just a throw you can't make. That's what I said yesterday as well. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a backup, if whatever it is, a, a player of Tuttle's experience and, and talent, that's just not a throw you can make. Um Largely speaking, I that was what I expected from Jack Tuttle. That interception was bad. The first interception wasn't great, though I mentioned it yesterday. I put a little bit on that, of that on the play calling, and I don't really know why they brought in Donovan McCauley in that moment, and we're going to talk about Donovan McCauley. Um, I, I thought they got him out of rhythm, and then they threw him in immediately for a third and long, and that didn't work. But... Largely speaking, I I think he's a a game manager type of quarterback, and you can win with that, but you just have to execute at a high level elsewhere, and the offense wasn't executing on Saturday. So I I don't know. I'd go as far as, say, solid performance. It was decent, more or less what I was expecting, uh, maybe a little – some fewer turnovers, which Nick Sheridan talked about. Uh, He spoke about some of the issues the offense is having right now, Uh, He said, one, the QBs have turned the ball over way too often, which I agree with Uh, on Saturday. Tuttle had the two interceptions and the fumble late in the game. Uh, The red zone has been just a nightmare for the Hoosier offense. Uh, They finally got a touchdown on Saturday. They did everything they could to not score before doing that, but um, that was their first and only touchdown in the red zone in three big 10 games this season and then just not enough explosive plays and i think that last one is uh part of what's killing iu right now as well is i when when i read that i immediately tried to think if i could remember an explosive play for the iu offense this season and i can't so i mean is there one of those things mentioned that you think is hurting this team most
1: Oh boy, this is, this, this quote was the one that I was most excited to break down with you, Jacob. Um, so let's start, let, let's just start one by one. So QB turned the ball over too much. Don't disagree there. I, I understand that. Look, you can, you know, you can draw whatever play and do whatever end of the day. Sometimes it just comes down to execution. The interception obviously was a bevy of different issues, but the, you know, highlights, the offensive line issues, um, highlights the quarterback issues, highlights the scheme issues, um, the lack of TDs in the red zone is all play calling. You, I mean, it is so. In college sports, it is so easy to scheme guys open and look. Obviously, Tuttle missed a few throws. He he did. There's no you know. There's no hiding from that. Whatever. He's a backup quarterback. I would have expected him to miss some throws touchdowns in the red zone comes down to play calling. And like you said, very astutely, we really tried not to score that touchdown running an option. What, what was it? An option from the one yard line. I, I mean, yeah. why would you, you're on the one yard line? Why would you run a play that goes backwards? The two point conversion play was, am I, am I even remembering that right? I, I it mean, was
0: a, an inside shovel pass to the tight end. Yeah, that was yep. awful too.
1: Yep. We don't have Travis Kelsey. We, we, we don't have Travis Kelsey. That works when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You know what? It doesn't work in Big Ten play when you're Indiana football. That's when it doesn't work. No explosive plays. Again, Jack Tuttle is a game manager. You're not going to get a ton of explosive plays anyways. We were still in the game with no explosive plays. This was not a, you know, this was happens to be a game where yes, one explosive play may or may not have made the difference. But you saw the game plan to win was controlling time of possession, methodical drives, move the ball down the field, keep the hand, keep Michigan State's offense off the field. And there the lack of explosive plays doesn't matter when you're doing that effectively. And they were for most of the game. Uh, You know, if Tuttle throws the ball, you know, on crossing routes for five yards instead of three yards. You know, we have longer, more sustained drives. I understand that. But, again, it's it, there was such an issue with the play calling again, again and again and again. And Nick Sheridan just does not seem to, to know how to fix it. And he seems to be deflecting blame a little bit here. And that's that a lot of these issues come back to play calling. You can scheme guys open in the red zone. You can, you know, our only explosive plays come from long balls where we get a pass interference call. Uh, that's yeah. the only kind of explosive play that we get these days, so why not even try to do more of that? I mean, why not try to test cornerbacks? It's college; these are kids. They they make mistakes. So, I I don't understand what Sheridan is is really saying here, other than maybe trying to protect his own ass, because he must have logged on to Twitter and he must have searched <laughs> his own name, and that could not have been a pleasant experience for him.
0: The I think I exited you. I think I tweeted it, I don't remember, but on Saturday I said our downfield offenses throw the ball long and pray for a pass interference. And it worked. It worked multiple times on Saturday, so maybe it's viable, but um, yeah, I when it comes to the red zone, they just get too cute. They, yeah. it, it's, it's overthinking things. Running an option from the one-yard line is Asking for a horrible outcome, they got lucky that it. I think it ended up with like a no yards gained, or maybe that was a touchdown. I don't know. Regardless, it was, it was a silly play call that they escaped with. Uh, you mentioned the the inside shovel pass on the two point conversion. There, it, it's just a lot of overthinking right now, and I think Nick Sheridan is just in over his head. He's a, a first year, well, I guess second year offensive coordinator. Uh last year we've kind of talked about this. pennix papered over a lot of issues, and this season a lot of things are being exposed, and they the IU can't scheme guys open right now. Like it, it's just not something that they do. And that's concerning because that's the types of things that you need to be doing right now is trying to scheme guys open. Now, whether the receivers would make the catch at that point. I'm not sure because that seems to be a whole other issue. But um, it, there's just so many things wrong with that. I to me the most frustrating thing is the red zone offense because we get down there so frequently, uh, whether it's through penalties or whatever it is, um, and then we just come away with three points, and that's that's frustrating. And it nearly cost us the Western Kentucky game. It did cost us this game on Saturday um it costs us against Cincinnati it's just it's a simple thing that continues to be an issue and right now I have no optimism that it's going to be fixed because they haven't even shown signs of life and it's been something that spanned a month of games now um yeah. go ahead
1: no I was just gonna say I was just gonna say you made a really good point where y- you said you know we have to scheme guys open and we're not scheming them open and you know you know in college football there's one type of player that you don't have to scheme open and that's the five-star recruit top 50 recruit coming in who's going to be a game changer in his own right that's where you get a jamar chase a chris olave i mean these you know these guys who are the stars of the sport and when you're working without those you have it comes down to being able to scheme them open and that's where good coordinators either make it or get exposed. And Nick Sheridan's just been exposed constantly.
0: I was going to say, and there's certainly one thing happening in uh, this season, and that is Nick Sheridan being exposed. Uh, We talked about the red zone. We don't really need to. Sheridan had a quote, which is by far the most frustrating. If you were to score a few touchdowns in the red area, you feel a little bit different. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there to add to the frustration. Um, <clears throat> Tom Allen gave a couple of injury updates. He's uh, hopeful that the team gets back Reese Taylor and Taiwan Mullen for Saturday. Uh, I was a little surprised that neither of them played because Tom Allen mentioned it once uh, leading up to the Michigan state game, said he expected them both to be back. Reese Taylor could only play one series. Taiwan Mullen, um, didn't play at all obviously he had a boot on as well which is not great so iu absolutely needs him against chris olave and uh that ohio state offense cj stroud and whatnot so they they could be in a danger zone although the secondary held up fine against uh a michigan state offense that had been lighting it up as well so uh I just want to see Taiwan Mullen play more than anything. And I really enjoy Reese Taylor too. So I hope both of those guys are back uh, on Saturday. We'll talk about Donovan McCauley and the decision to no longer redshirt him that Tom Allen talked about on uh, Saturday or on Monday, excuse me, and what that could mean for Michael Penix uh, in his future and whether he will be back this season or not. Before that, if you guys uh, haven't heard already, we have a product for you. There's, a, there's things that are just kind of embarrassing to talk about. One of them is sweating. Uh, nothing's worse than being out with your friends, being on a date, and raising up your arm, and there's sweat stains. And if that's uh, – it's something everybody's dealt with. We have the product to help you guys out, Sweat Block Antiperspirant Wipes. Uh, they are doctor-created – Doctor recommended stops excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. They have a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back. Simple to use. Uh, Before bed, just apply the wipe. Go to sleep. Wake up the next morning. Shower. And you are set for the next week. Uh, It's not just for your armpits. You can use it on your chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere uh, you guys want. And uh, anywhere that sweats, and it'll help you guys out. It's uh, been a product on Amazon for 10 years, been a bestseller, over 13,000 reviews. It's been tested uh, on the Rachel Ray Show. It's been everywhere, guys. It's a product I've used, it's a product I recommend. If it's something that you guys uh, are interested in, you can head to uh, sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on to get 20% off. That's promo code locked on for twenty percent off at sweatblock.com. As I mentioned, they are also available on Amazon and at CVS as well. So Tom Allen had an interesting quote that I think has multiple layers to it. Uh, in talking about Donovan McCauley, he made an appearance during uh, Saturday's game. Made a couple appearances, uh, rushed the ball twice for eight yards, didn't attempt to pass. Uh, he The plan up to, I assume, Michael Penix's injury was to redshirt him, which means he can play in four games or fewer. Uh, that is no longer the plan. They said they're no longer redshirting him. He's the QB number two. And uh, the decision comes partly from not knowing when Michael Penix is going to be be back available and they don't want to try to save Donovan McCauley and keep him out and then run into a situation where he's not prepared, um, to step in and play because something may happen to Jack Tuttle. So as I said, there's a couple layers here. I'll start with the first about Donovan McCauley. Um, I know he only played a little bit. He offers a, a different dynamic than Jack Tuttle does. Do you think including him in the offense can help kind of spark things at all?
1: Uh, move over Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. There's <laughs> a new there's a, there's a new dynamic duo in town. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so uh, again, re- like you said, reading between the lines, I would imagine this means that Penix's season is over barring a, um, a, a borderline shocking run at a bowl game in which case you get a long layoff. Um, I, I would imagine this means he's done in terms of what this means for the offense I, I, I don't think it does anything in one way or the other. If, if not if anything it might actually hurt um, but depending you know that depends on Jack Tuttle, you know will he use it as fuel? Or will he be like, oh, I got a guy on my, you know, a guy on my butt. I don't know. I don't know if, you know, whatever. And something goes off at his head. So that that's going to come. Whether it helps or hurts, honestly, it comes entirely down to Jack Tuttle, in my opinion. Um, the, the the one thing that I really don't want is, again, you know, where Nick Sheridan pulls one, puts the other on the field, then takes him off, puts the other one back on. Um, I understand Theoretically, why he did it this weekend, um, in the sense that when your offense struggles, there's nothing that quite sparks it like something different. Usually, that something different is a trick play, not bringing on a quarterback with not a huge variance in skill set that that really gives the defense something crazy to think about. Um, so, I I don't think it really moves the needle. Um, you know, it's really just going to come down to. Can Jack Tuttle use this as motivation um, and not run from the fight? And can Nick Sheridan, please, for the love of God, just keep one quarterback on the field?
0: I got some extreme Nate Sudfeld, Trey Roberson vibes from that 2013 (laughs) team. uh, Reading that quote, thinking about a two-quarterback system. I think there is a scenario where this could have a positive impact. The way they implemented it on Saturday, though, was not right this was one of my biggest complaints watching the game back scripted. I, that first drive is obviously scripted by going into the game, but Jack Tuttle looked good on the first drive and the offense was clicking and there was a rhythm to it. And it's, I I was kind of optimistic about what we were seeing Um, for them to then come out in the second series and immediately go to Donovan McCauley just didn't make any sort of sense. Like you had a quarterback that's in rhythm, you had an offense that was clicking, they had Michigan State on their heels, and then you immediately insert the backup quarterback for two plays and tell Jack Tuttle to go back in on a third and long, and that led to the pick six. That's not a situation where you put in Donovan McCauley. You put him in, you know, midway through the second quarter or the third quarter when things have kind of bogged down and you need a spark. You put him in, he rips off a big play or, or some, an explosive play uh, that we mentioned and sparks that offense, and then you go from there. Uh, so while I think in theory Donovan McCauley playing could help, I don't really have a lot of faith in Nick Sheridan right now knowing when to put him in, especially with the one-game sample size we have. Maybe he's an option uh, in the red zone or in like goal line situations, just because he's more of a dual threat option. That would be a little more interesting too. But again, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in, and how this offense is going to use him based on what we've seen from Nick Sheridan so far, and especially when it comes to that red zone, it doesn't matter who's in the game. If we're running inside shovel passes to the tight end on two point conversions, uh, But you mentioned the other thing. This doesn't give me a lot of optimism that Michael Penix is going to be back this season. If they are willing to, um, I don't want to say waste a year, but they go from redshirting McCauley, who, I mean, a lot of people have a lot of uh, optimism in what he can become. Uh, They go from redshirting him to fully integrating him into the offense. Do you think there's really any way that Penix is going to be back this season now?
1: No, again, unless we have a long, unless we make a, a good run with our season and get uh, late December, I won't even make a joke about early January bowl game. Um, <laughs> There's unless, gonna
0: be no New Year's bowl game this year.
1: There won't be a New Year's bowl game. I'm sorry if this is a spoiler to anybody listening, um, but I, I yeah, unless you get that long layoff and a lot of recovery time. Theoretically, the Purdue game is doable as the last game of the season. I'm not holding my breath. Um, Especially, especially look given that when Penix came back from last year's injury this year, he didn't look very confident in his physical abilities. So to rush him back from yet another injury. And by the way, you got to, me personally, I would start being more concerned with the health of the kid. Um, yeah. Long term, with the amount of injuries that Michael Penix has suffered, um, forget about how he looks after the injuries. Just with the amount of injuries, and I, I would I would try to shut it down. If you can get, if he is truly healthy for Purdue, and we're not going to make a bowl game, I would even throw him in maybe for like the last quarter as like a you know a little sunset to his Indiana career and a, a tribute to him and all that he's done for the program because he has done a lot for the program. Um, but no, I, 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 this does you know, if you're reading the, if you're strictly reading the tea leaves on this move, it, it doesn't bode well for, uh, for Penix's future.
0: I, there is the possibility that Penix comes back next season. I don't want to, I don't, I just don't really know where he's going to be physically anything like that. I also find it wild. I just looked it up to make sure he's never played Purdue. Uh, he's been, with the program his first game was september of 2018 he's never played purdue in any of that time uh so i would love to have him throw for 400 yards against purdue but uh as you said i i don't think that's gonna happen just as reading the tea leaves this decision it's obviously not a decision like i you could just go back on it like if Penix gets healthy and he's available Then, and Donovan McCauley hasn't played four games, then you can pretty easily just not play him the rest of the time, and he's redshirted. So this isn't like a move Indiana can't go back on, but uh, just kind of the decision to do it, I think, speaks a lot about the IU's outlook on Pennix in the rest of this season. So I hope Pennix can get healthy. I I really don't want last season to just be – the flash in the pan that it certainly seems like it might end up being, but uh, yeah, more than anything, more than him being on the field again, just for him as a person, I want him healthy again. So, um, yeah, I hope and, I, I hope this doesn't mean what it looks like it means. So,
1: yeah, and and just really quickly to build on that, you wonder if this move is almost a precursor to next season where. Yeah where you know you you mentioned Penix can come back but if they're removing the red shirt tag on macaulay you imagine that that is trying to integrate him at the very least you would imagine that it's a move to integrate him in before next season so he comes in with a better idea of the playbook a better idea of the offense a better idea of his teammates and and he can slot in um because uh, again michael has done so much for this program, and it sucks that this might be the end. But I would almost, you know, if you're removing that red shirt tag and you really do honestly believe in McCauley and his future here, um, I I would, you, know, I would maybe tell Penix to you know transfer somewhere for his last year of eligibility because, and I hate saying that, but it's so hard to rely on him for a full season and you can't when it comes to being a starting quarterback at a major division 1 program you can't be wishy-washy you have to commit you have to go out there and you have to make a bold call and that's look that's that's how you become a winning program is making bold calls and not you know listening to your head over your heart so i again hope it's not the end for michael here but reading the tea leaves it might be longer than the next you know 4 or 5 games it might go into next season this move
0: yeah. And that, that's a good point. Donovan McCauley is a future integrating him like this could be as much about having him more comfortable with the playbook with just playing division one football next year, because I think there's a pretty decent chance he could be the starting quarterback next season. But that's a, a discussion for another day. We didn't even get to everything that we had written out, which wasn't surprising. There was a lot to talk about with these quotes with this offense, uh, with everything going on with the Hoosiers. We'll be back later this week with a preview show with Locked On Buckeyes to talk to them about Ohio State, this offense that they have. I'll be back for tomorrow's episode to preview the uh, IU players in the NBA. The NBA season kicks off, take a brief break from football and all the frustrating talk about it to talk about some Hoosiers in the NBA. And then we'll be back on Friday to talk about That Ohio State game give you everything you guys need to know for it. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, We'll be back later this week. Now go make Locked on Big Ten your second listen today as they wrap up everything going on around the conference in uh, football action in the Big Ten. Be sure to leave a rating and review if you guys haven't already. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the show. All that fun stuff. And most importantly, have a great Tuesday in Elio.